This episode of The Mom Voice is brought to you by the Pura Smart Home Fragrance Diffuser. You guys know I love my scents, and I love having my home smell the very best that it can. And Pura has totally reinvented the game. With the Pura Smart device, they've created a natural, pet, and kid-friendly product that allows you to set schedules and manage your fragrance from your phone. They have top brands like Volcano, Nest. They even have a Disney line. To order, head to themomvoice.com, click shop the show and find the Pura link. Then shop around and at checkout, enter code MOMVOICE for 15% off any of the products. Also, before we kick off the episode, I just want to take a moment and remind you about our Shop the Show feature on our website. If you're a fan of our little podcast here and want to show support, you can shop some of our very favorite finds there, along with episode sponsors and a lot more. We actually just posted a Mother's Day gift guide. So if you're needing a unique gift for mom that we think she'll really love, go check it out. You can even jump over there right now while you're listening to this episode. Just go to themomvoice.com and click shop the show at the top of the page. Okay, now on to the show. Hey guys, welcome to The Mom Voice. This is Lauren and Sarah with episode 117. Lauren, would you ever consider yourself an angry driver? Be honest. Hmm. I know I'm not. No, I'm not. Mm. But I, yeah, dumb people are annoying though. Oh I'm my just gosh. like, for real? I saw next level angry driver lady. Oh, really? Yesterday taking my kids to school. And the funniest part was my kids were so dialed into it. This was woman, she like chasing someone? She was chasing somebody and like Ugh. so unsafe. She So I was in like the left lane and she was like dodging in and out of the middle and the far right lane. And then the car in the middle lane, I know I'm being confusing here, was like not going fast enough for her. So she got up next to them. And just to glare. Oh, glared and threw the finger up. Threw and Kate, f- Kate was like, oh my gosh, mom, look at this. Look at this person. Like there, I was like, and how do you explain? She's like, what, what did that mean? She doesn't even know what the middle finger means. Does she not yet? <laughs> That's no. good. Well, she does now. Well, I mean, I guess you don't need to know, but no, it's like a well, bad no. thing. Okay, let me clarify. She knows it's a thing. Yes. yes. She knows it's a quote unquote bad finger. Yeah. But right. she, I think we haven't talked about it in forever, like since she was five years old or whatever. And so she was like, why did she do that? Like, and I said, girl, I don't even know. And it was literally 730. I'm like, when you're running that hot that early in the morning, like you have problems. I have no respect for someone that like, because I knew you were going to say they chased him down. Like the person that kind of like shifts into the lane or cu- I, it cuts them off. I get it. It happens. But the person that has to like retaliate yes. and zoom up next to him, do the stare down, then cross over and cut them off, fly away. They're yes. just so stupid. And it's what is so- wrong in your life that that's where you're at at 730 in the oh, morning? That's just absolutely uncalled for. Uncalled I mean, called granted, for. I've done stupid things like, oh, there's my exit. I'm like crossing three lanes or, oh, I, you know, wasn't looking at time on my break or whatever, you know, whatever. You, everyone makes bad calls sometimes. But the pe- person that has to actually. Oh, yeah. Come after, come at you. Oh yeah, it's she like, was ready what? to cut her like major. I, oh. And this was like a 
30-something-year-old mom. You yeah. could see the kid sitting next to her in the seat. And I was oh, just wait, like... the kid was in the car? Oh, there was a child in the car with her. The yeah. finger? As yeah. she threw the finger? Oh, yeah. Worst oh, part. Oh, my God. I know. I'm just like, girlfriend, we reevaluate your life choices it, for a second. Get it together. Get, get it, it together. together. Totally. So if you're listening and you might be that person, take a breath, girl. yeah, girls. Women, oh, ladies, women. we don't need to do that. Mm-mm. We no. do not need that hostility in the world. I just saved that one. I, I, I pulled out my phone. I wrote a note down. I said, that's going to be my opener well, on our that, next episode. And that comes perfectly with today because we're going to be talking about <gasps> it does. car safety. Actually, you didn't? No. Oh, you nerd. I thought Shut you totally up. pulled that one out because of our not. subject. Oh, that's so weird. So it really not. carries over. We just don't need stupid people on the road. Stupid no, drivers. Really don't. And so this episode, yes, like she said, We are going to be talking about keeping our kids safe in the car, and we're going to kind of go over some of the laws, the guidelines, because it can be super confusing. Super confusing. And it changes constantly. Right. It's kind of evolving, so you just need to be up to date. And then there's like the guidelines that the pediatrician gives you, but that's not necessarily what the laws are. And then when you're traveling over the summer and you cross state lines, like you can get a ticket, guys, FYI, if your child... I know you know this, but if your child is not buckled correctly or harnessed correctly in your car, they can cite you. Yeah. And in the in the right car seat. Exactly. Yeah. So just knowing what you're needing in your car. And this is kind of like a roundtable topic that we've touched on here and there, like with our personal girlfriends, more when our kids were younger, but just of like the car, like the car is crazy. You have your Houdini children who are continually getting out of the restraints and I don't know. For me, it can just be such a battle in the car of staying on top of it all the time. And so I think it helps to really know what the laws are and what you could be up against. Absolutely. I mean, some it, sometimes kids are whining about it or there's just so much going on or you're in a bad mood and you're just like, just get in a seat. Let's go. But just being aware of what what is supposed to be happening in your car and what the seats are supposed to be for each child, I think is really important. I have to laugh because I think back to, you know, my toddler days and I straight had three car seats in a row yeah, straight across did. in like a bench. So I didn't have bucket seats. So I had three car seats across the middle and I have to laugh thinking about that. Well, you I know mean, what I have to laugh at is what? the joy that I get when I have a new car seat. Okay. Yeah, Next oh. level. Car seats get disgusting disgusting and so when you do get a fresh shiny one it's like but first we want to tell you about the pogo pass now that we're post-covid and we're ready to get out and make memories and experiences with our family you definitely need to check out the pogo pass you can use this pass for great pricing to games museums activities throughout your city We love ours and used it so much before COVID. Here in the Valley, the Pogo Pass gets you admission to the Sunsplash Water Park, and that pays for the pass right there. To purchase, go to pogopass.com and use our code, themomvoice, for $10 off at checkout. This is a great bang for your buck, and you'll make memories with your kids. I remember having to rip off those covers and the pieces and all the, like, it's like a puzzle, like literally puzzle pieces. This goes here and hooks here and comes out. You never get the freaking thing on again. No. Never. But when you did wash it and you had a clean car seat, you're like, amen. Thank goodness. I'm good for six months, right? Come on, guys. Like, let's keep it together. <laughs> Unless you have those reflux babies and then you're constantly cleaning that thing out. Oh, my gosh. I know. Right? Oh, man. That's a whole nother episode. Just the disgustingness that gets in the car. 
the car car. seat. Yeah. And the car seats. Oh, yeah. Uh, And maybe if I was a more disciplined person, I wouldn't allow the milk sippy cups back then. And I wouldn't allow the applesauce packets. (gasps) I'm having PTSD flashbacks. Oh, no, you didn't. (gasps) Yes, Yes. I did. The baby food pouches. You know, when you just like throw it back there to the kid and then all of a sudden it's It's all over. All over their body. All over the seat. I have not dealt with that in so long, but I can totally recall so We know that feeling, ladies. (laughs) We know it. We know it well. Shoot. I'm laughing. It's such a beat down. All right. Well, let's jump into like the actual info because this one, guys, we did our homework and we're coming with the knowledge today. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, so many things to cover in the car. And of course, we just want to encourage safety and just being careful. I, I, I mean, some things are preventable. And so I think if they're, you know, tucked in and buckled in the right way that we can just feel so much better about that. A hundred percent. We're going to start with like the car seat guidance. And then we are going to spend a little bit later in the episode talking about like heat stroke here in Arizona and a lot of the Southern states, we have crazy temperatures in the summer. And as we're approaching those warmer months, we just thought it would be a really good refresher of what to do, how often this is happening. We're going to give you some stats of well, pretty you much know, how not to forget your child in the it. car. Yes. And I know that's like a laughable line and you never in a million years will think that would happen to you. No. But no mom ever does. And no. accidents do happen. And this one is so preventable. And we just want to kind of, as we come into summer months, bring in a reminder and things to recall if you have little babies and even toddlers and toddlers. And it's absolutely devastating. So we'll touch on that in a yeah. minute. Yeah. Okay. Let's kick it off. I asked Lauren when she brought this topic up, I said, okay, Lauren, who's who's giving us the laws here? Is it right. the federal government or is it the state? So take take it. Let's start there. Well, yes, we did find out that state to state does vary. I think they're very similar, but yes, it is kind of implemented by the state. Um, there are are some federal laws on car seat manufacturing and what you know those expectations are to meet. But as in the law, it's state by state. Yeah, so we did figure that out. So it's more on the federal government to control the manufacturing. They have to meet certain qualifications and standards. And essentially, if you get a a car seat on the mass market in America, it has met the minimum guidelines, safety guidelines, okay? Because you can go read all about it. But So the Fed is over that. And then state to state, like Lauren said, there are some general guidelines. And one of the ones I saw was... A baby under one years old and 20 pounds is required to be rear facing in a car seat. Pretty well, much un- every under state. 20 pounds. Under 20 so pounds. So those are is the qualifications to turn them around. Yes. So if you want to go forward facing, they have to be minimum a year and 20 pounds. Right. Exactly. But the American Association of Pediatrics actually recommends Uh-oh. that you keep a baby rear facing till the age of two. So the requirement in law is one Mostly. and that 20 Check pounds. Check your state guidelines. Yes. But everyone that we spot checked, it was pretty much yes. one year and 20 pounds. Yes. And, yes. You, and we all know that. I mean, Sarah, at what age did you turn? Well, uh, yeah. Uh, maybe I shouldn't ask that She's question. calling me out. Okay. In my defense, you guys, my kids are freakishly big well, at see, like they probably nine met the 20 pounds. No, but, it's an and. Oh, you're right. We have to talk about that. You're right. There are or and there are and statements in these laws. So let's just go there. Go there. When you are reading the laws, you have to be very careful because if it says and, that is telling you that they have to meet both requirements. Right. So for example, one year and 20 pounds have to meet both. 
If you're reading it with an or statement that they're one year or 20 pounds, you have an out either way there. Yeah, right? one you or the other. One. So, okay. <laughs> she just called me on the mat on this I, one. I, I didn't no, mean to, okay. but it's a fair discussion. It's totally it totally because is. let's be honest, every mom can't wait for the day their baby's and, forward. And hey, we're all friends here. We're yep. not, we're not judging each other. My Landon, all of my babies come nine, 10 months are massive. Okay. I think they hit the 16 pound mark around oh, three months. My babies plump up quick, mm-hmm. like really yeah, fast. Do. All of them. I will show you some funny pictures. I showed Lauren one yesterday. She's laughing where I'm like, <laughs> literally who ate Luke? Like what's <laughs> happening here? <laughs> and it's like, you forget. You and do. then you see it and you're like, oh my gosh, he was so, so big. big. So Landon was, was large, well over that 20 pound Mark, and then he was very tall. So what I ran into there is when he was rear facing, his legs were buckled. Like he couldn't stretch out his legs. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, right. Like his knees were like bent up towards his chest, and it was just a beat down. Like I felt bad for him when we were traveling. I think that's when it happened. Is we went on a trip to California, and I didn't want him uncomfortable for the six hour ride, so I flipped him around. And you guys, once you flip them around, like you're done. There's no going back. There's no going back because they can see what's happening they're, now. It's a whole new world for it's those little guys. It's a whole new world. Like they're in the party at that point. So like word to the wise, only do that when you're ready to like stick to it. But yeah, I think I, I remember vividly the 10 month mark moving Landon. And I think I waited the 12 for my other two. But I just remember having this internal debate in my head. And then I just went for it. No. And then I have like someone like my sister who literally tries to keep them until they're two. And she does have more petite children. But the American Association of Pediatrics, like I said, mentions trying to go kind of make it last as long as you can until they're uncomfortable. And it even tells us that manufacturers are trying to create bigger, um, you know, stronger car seats for a heavier weight so that they can stay rear facing if that's what you prefer. That is, that's really hard because I do totally see how it's safer. I absolutely do. But the forward facing is such a game changer at that age when you're in the car and it's snacks or road trips or just they're, they're bored. I mean, they're like coming into toddler ages and they want to see and, and, Taught babble with his brother and sister and listen to the music. And when they're just staring at the wall of a seat, it's totally different. And all of you amazing, lucky moms out there who have the minivans that I wish I had with the TV player in there, they can't see that or right. anything. Right. So it's like, I do feel like you run into this. It's so nice to theoretically be like, oh, yeah, no problem. But then there becomes this like quality of life issue, right? Where it's like, oh, such a beat down and you're over them screaming and the being bored and all of it. And so it's so hard. But I think if you really understand the risk and kind of why you're trying to keep them turned around, I think it's... I think it's a little bit easier to stick yeah. to it. Oh, 100%. If you understand I, I, why you're doing it. Yes, it's yeah. absolutely the safer option. And so, you know, follow your gut. And in each child, it might be child to child basis by their size and everything. But yes, so that's kind of what we've learned with that. While we're still on kind of like the infant talk, what about latch versus belt buckling? Do you have any opinion there? Oh, I absolutely think the latches are safer. Right. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, The buckle is more convenient, 
But maybe if you have the base latched, you know, obviously keeping the base in, but sometimes you're jumping car to car. But yeah, this is off the cuff with just kind of it our is. opinion. Totally. But I mean, I know you do buckle I just it feel, so much. I'm being with the candid belt. again. I'm just being honest with you all yeah. out there because we're all in the same boat. I love latching, but huge but. I feel like I've I've been really good with it. Okay. I feel like I've been really bad at it. I've leaned upon the belt buckle way too much in my motherhood. And are you referring to infant or like toddler seats? All of it. Which is terrible. Like, I think it's because I was constantly moving them around, switching sides, or I'm putting the back seat down, or I'm trying to rearrange whatever. I will say I finally found a car seat and a booster seat that has the easiest latch system. Oh, good. Yeah, it's the Chico brand. It okay. is more pricey. I bought them when I got my my new car because, again, I was so over my gross car seats. But the latch, it's literally like you touch a button and it's it's out and it's released. Oh, wow. No more of this like crazy wrestling oh. match with the latch. I can remember crawling and getting in these crazy positions to Terrible. reach it and pull the cord around and da-da-da-da-da, all of Terrible. it. Awful. So I'm going to share those. Yeah, I really, really you should really um, like them. I can recall when my kids were a little smaller. I remember the fire department kind of doing some sort of, you know, event or promotion, and they like a service. Right? Yeah, like a service, and they would provide car seats if you needed a new one or replacement. You just had to apply. And then the really nice thing though is they would come to your house and properly put it in your car. And I actually called two of the fire departments today to see if they still even offer that service. I know that on some websites, and we'll list the websites too, there's inspection stations. And I bet even fire stations still offer that. I bet if you pulled into a fire station and said, can you check my car seat? Is it in, you know, is it inserted and buckled correctly and all that, you know, the latches, right? They would help you. And they came to our house and put them in and it was great. And again, it's difficult because, you know, if you're switching cars to dad or if you're traveling, you might have to mess it around. But at least maybe if you get like a proper first lesson, you can yeah. hopefully use that again. Oh, because it's like a jigsaw puzzle. The first time, do you remember you're pregnant with your first child? You, It's the crib and the car seat that I was like, what is going on? Like you need a master's degree to figure out how to put things in. I just remember being intimidated by all of it. I'm oh. like, Wait, what? It, it is. It yeah. is a lot. And I do remember just loving, though, um, when you get to shop for your first and oh. like pick out which one you want and the colors and Patterns. the newest one out and oh. all the fun things. So I many mean, things we'll never do again. I know we won't. So it, is, it was such a fun, fun thing to do. Oh. I guess on that note, let me dive into this before we go into like toddlers. But talking about expiration dates because of... um because of shopping, shopping for a new one and the excitement of getting a new car seat or replacing the old crummy one. And you might not even know a car seat does have an expiration date. Absolutely. It has an expiration date. And I think it's something to note because I think it's easy for like your older sister who only used it once for their last baby. Here's a hand-me-down, use my car seat. But I do think it's worth checking the expiration, which is on a sticker underneath all every car seat. It's there again by federal law. And a lot of places like Walmart and Target, they sometimes are buy by baby. They do a trade-in program. Oh, cool. Have you, I remember those I've never done it. being like um, a thing when I was more in those younger years, I would hear about it where you could take your old, I think they're trying to promote people to get 
to be safe. To be safe. Yeah, absolutely. You take your old expired one in and they give you a discount on a newer one. So check into that. Google it if it's something you might be considering. And I think that's even some of the fire department method too. Like, let's get you a new and updated one. Um, Usually a expiration date is about six years after manufacture. Yeah, after manufacturing, I guess. And um, so check the sticker on bottom and why they expire is because of the changing of standards, improved technology. Um, Let's be honest, we're aware down of the materials. I think of the car seats here in Arizona, just because of our intense heat, that plasticky whatever material just baking in that sun, it's probably not as strong as it once was. So absolutely, or even the belts, like mm-hmm. buckle belt buckles get kind of raw and stuff. You want those to be as strong as possible to protect yeah, your kids. Totally. And then of course, recalls like recalls are continually happening all the time. So that is also something just to stay, stay aware of. Like if you need to go to Bye Bye Baby's website or, you know, Target, wherever you bought it and just kind of check in sometimes if there's ever a recall. Yeah. Hopefully we can always share or note that to fit like, friends and and if you ever see something like that they, it can reach you but recalls yeah. are yeah a real thing that are all the time oh all the time with this type of stuff as people tragically things happen yeah. and you know they go to court okay before we move off the infants talk about the harness yes the this harness. was an interesting one that she we talked about off the mic while we were prepping and your friend told you something yes. that i thought was Incredible. So say say what you said to me. So um, my nurse friend one time, I, even before like early Instagram days, she DM'd me because my my baby's um, the clip, the clip. Yeah, yes. there we go. The little the clip harness across the clip. chest, like the harness yeah. clip on like a five point harness. Mm-hmm. The clip across the chest needs to stay on the chest. And it's very easy for it to like just be down by the buckle or the baby plays with it or you're or just not even, it at all. Yeah. Or they you don't even clip it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe their arms are like trying to fight out and be on top. So you just have to make sure that that clip is safe and clipped on top of the chest. And that goes into the toddler ears mm-hmm. all at all ages. The harness is not being effective if that clip is not like over the chest, over the heart kind of air, you know. And so you need to make sure that's clipped properly. And I'm going to be honest, I'm terrible at yeah, that. I know. Terrible. It's, I mean, that's really, and, and if you want to go one step further, yank that bottom tail out the bottom and tighten those, um, those belts over yeah, their shoulder, I mean, make it tight. Where they need movement. They need to be able to move, but you do need, yeah, it needs to be a snug fit. We'll right. say snug. And I would say if you can easily insert your two fingers, you know, mm-hmm. don't have it being like choked down on their their shoulder blades or anything like that. But you do have those Houdini kids out there who just are the wigglers. And I have one child who is, well, not anymore, but would constantly wiggle out of that top part. He could never get out of the bottom, but he would get in these contortions to get his arms free. You know what I mean? Right, right. And I know I just wasn't cranking down on it hard enough, but it can be very easy to be lazy about that. Be lazy and about it. But then at the hard. end of the day, it's not doing its job. No. And heaven forbid an accident, you just would always want to take every measure possible. And it's funny, my kids never hesitated with the car. They never cried in the car. They didn't hate the car. They didn't hate. I didn't really have resistance that way, which I, I'm so lucky. But and I think it's because you started right and you weren't very lenient on it. And I've kind of been the same way. 
And like, that's a great point. If you if that's how a baby knows a car seat feels right. and a, sh- a seat belt feels over the shoulders and all that from day one, they're not probably going to fight it off that much. Right. But if you're trying to buckle down on a three and a half year old now and really keep it literally buckle down, um, like really try to, you know, enforce it and keep it tight in the, the clip on. It's going to be it's, it's going to be a struggle. a little So bit. it's one of those things of start as you intend to go. Yeah. And like be very, very careful of being lenient because I feel like it's a slippery slope or it has been with my kids where it has to be like a full-blown screaming come to Jesus match when I've gotten too lenient and I want them like buckled down you know what I mean right they all of a sudden think they have a say in the matter (laughs) I know like (laughs) yeah right oh my gosh well yeah let's move on to like the toddlers and really kids I mean because that's the truth of the matter Kids are supposed to be in a booster or, you know, quote, car seat till they're eight. And that is almost state like nationwide. That is almost um, nationwide. I saw a few states like Iowa, Louisiana, where it was more six, things like that. So definitely double check your state. But for most of the ones that we spot checked, it was eight years old. And you guys, again, that's still shocking to me. I mean, I have twin eight-year-olds, so we're like in the clear now. But like when you really think about your seven and a half-year-old in a booster seat Mm -hmm. or, you know, a car seat or whatever measure you want to take, I mean, I don't know why. That just seems so old to me. Yeah. But I looked up here in Arizona, that law changed in 2012. And so it's been around for a little while now. And I do remember when they kind of enforced it and kind of being surprised, like, wow, we're going till eight years old. I mean, they're full-blown like, yeah. Kids. And teens, I think preteens. I know the reason for that is because I think I heard this somewhere along the way. I should have fact checked this, but where the, the buckle hits their neck. So I think they've even my daughter, I still have her. She's eight years old. I still have her in a booster because she hadn't fight, fighted me, fighted me, fought me on it. <laughs> but I don't like where the belt hits her neck when she's not in a booster. Right. Because you know how those things can choke up like when you break really hard. I have this terrifying like thing in my head that it will like choke her out, you know, of oh, where it hits her. It won't choke her out. It could cut her neck. It could like hurt her neck. Yeah. But because yeah. it locks, it will keep her in place. Thankfully. It totally will. Right. But she hasn't fought me on it. So yeah. I'm like, whatever. Right and out the booster as long as possible. I totally am because my five-year-old is more likely to get in his if she's in hers. And sure. I know that's just life, but yep. he's going to have to suck it up come sooner or later. Have you ever used a convertible car seat? Yeah, I bought that for my last one. And a convertible car seat kind of goes into like three different phases. Mm-hmm. So, and you <clears throat> you can even have it rear facing too. Right. But um, it, it can go from, you know, the infant stage to more of a toddler to even to like a booster using yeah. your buckle, yeah. like a real seat, car seat, car buckle. So um, I, I, yeah, they're great. And I think you get your money's worth. But at the same time, we all know sometimes they just get grimy and gross and you want a new one anyways. And so. they're massive. And they're big. They I are. feel like the convertible car seats are huge. Yes, yes. And is it not so funny how kids in the cars specifically, it's like a cool factor. Like my Luke hates the fact that he's the only one left in a convertible car seat. My other two are in boosters and he just pitches a fit almost daily because he feels like a baby and blah, blah, blah. But I'm just like, oh, it's just so funny to me. I, I know. faced it with every child. I well, did. And that's the thing with the eight-year-old thing. I mean, 
hopefully it is just kind of a simple booster because that's the thing. It's a cool factor. Yeah. At that age, when you're getting into seven and eight, like they kind of know I'm not a baby. I'm not sitting in this thing. Even six, possibly, you know, you're just dealing with like seven, six year olds, even like resisting. So, I mean, I guess if you're just pushing through and it's the same pattern for each child and it's just the rules of the family, right. hopefully you don't get much pushback. Right. Um, my youngest, Caleb, is still in a booster. And this last go, I actually bought a high back booster. Mm -hmm. Like I had always just kind of had the low bottom seat thing for my older kids, but um, I bought the high back and I kind of am liking that. I don't know. I feel like it kind of, it gives him a headrest if he falls asleep, kind of like the baby mode. Like if he falls asleep, he kind of has somewhere for his head to go, which I like. And I I don't know. I just feel like he's a little more compact without being in a full blown car seat. Totally. So I I like that. that. Has he fought you on that? No, he doesn't actually. He, he, he's fine with it. And I mean, yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Moving on to the front seat for kind of like your preteen or older kids or even like, how old are they? How old should they be? I know. I have no idea. You researched this. So tell me. It is um, 13. So yeah. You're, wow. If you're under 13, technically you are not supposed to. I was looking for like a weight because I thought a weight factor would be well, that there. that makes more sense. But Height I saw just 13. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, you, you know, Tristan has sat in the front a handful of times. He's like 11, 11 and a half. Oh, Tristan and so, thinks he's 13. I know. He absolutely does <laughs> think he is. And I like it. He will it. not sit in the back. No, I'm totally I kidding. like it because I do have a third bench, but I like having my three littles in the middle yeah. bench and then him in front. But we might need to readdress that. Some tips if you do have your, you know, I guess teenager or young, you know, kid in the front seat is make either they're turning off your airbag. Yeah. A lot um, of cars have um, adjustable airbags. Yes. So you can still leave the driver one on, but you have an option to turn off the passenger bag. Right. Because that's the fear here, right? right. Is they'll get crushed by an airbag. Yes, that they're just too small, exactly. too, too short, that they're not, yeah. the impact is going to be too severe for it's them. It's not going to hit their chest. It's it would not hit them correct. right in the brain pretty much. So yes. it's not correct for a little body. Um, is also to do a booster in the front. It did mention sitting in a booster because they would be taller in the seat right. or um, scooting the chair back as far as possible. That's like, rev- what do you call that? Yeah, just, yeah, adjust re- it re- backwards. Yeah. <laughs> you should see your hands right now. I'm like, reverse <laughs> it backwards. What am I calling this? Yeah, but yeah. scoot your um, front seat back as far as possible. That's super smart. I like that. Um, I'm going to double check if I can find weight because I felt like weight and height were a factor, but the two sites I looked at on the Arizona and the pediatric, um, both were just 13. Yeah. And it's probably state to state again. again. So we will post a site, some of our source material that we used where you can go really easily look at your state's guidelines just as a quick refresher. Um, Okay. Well, that's a ton of information in 30 minutes, but hopefully super helpful and yeah. a good refresher. I think a refresher, if nothing else, just kind of check out your local area, kind of examine what you've been doing in your car. Check those expiration dates. Absolutely. We know what a beating it is mm-hmm. to spend the money on a product like this. We yeah. totally get it because it gets trashed. And I personally hated putting money into stuff like that. But again, think no mom ever thinks anything's going to happen. And it is like so important just to be safe. Absolutely. Okay, let's move into now kind of talking about heat strokes and Mm -hmm. kind of the dangers of leaving your child in the car when it's hot and during those warmer temps. And I actually went on to look up some stats about this because I do feel like every single year come like, I don't know, April or May in Arizona, at least, we start hearing about this on the news, Mm -hmm. right? 
And it's always something that always gets my attention and always is just so tragic to me because I don't want to say this. It's just so preventable. It's preventable. It is. And it's a really, really awful way to die. Like, I I think it's just like, let's just be shocking about it because it's like, maybe this will like always be on your mind and a reminder. But to die this way by like heat exhaustion is actually very aggressive and violent. It's a horrible thing. Yeah. I don't think I know that. Yeah. For your body to shut down like that, it's it's awful. So it's not like freezing to death where you just go to sleep. No. It's very different. Yeah. (sighs) It's it's just definitely a lot more aggressive to the body. And it's just so, so, so tragic. Like every time I hear this this story like this in in the headlines, I'm just I just want to cry. It's absolutely devastating. And like you said, mainly because it's preventable. And I know also the impact that that will have on that person, that family, that community. It's just so devastating. The lives that are rocked. Yes. Like in all aspects. So funny and well, not funny, but tragically enough, when I was researching this in the past two years, the stats have gone up. There's been increased cases. And in 2020 or 2019, I'm sorry, there were 50. So on average, about 55, 50 kids pass away from this every year. And you might say to yourself, 50, that's not a big number for all of the Americans or all of the kids in the United States. That's not a lot. But 50 is still 50 children, right? And right. Like, that is just so tragic. And so they said that 54% of all of these that happen, all of these deaths, it happened because a child was forgotten in a car. And I think those are the cases where, oh my gosh, like it, it, yeah, I just don't think I could live with myself, to be honest, where I just have a, a forgetfulness. I, then the other half of those are where the child is left in the car, either mom or dad are going into a doctor, they're going in a store or something like they're left in the car. Oh, interesting. Uh-huh. Right. And that's where you hear these cases on the news where they're outside of a Walgreens and somebody's breaking the window open, you know, because they pass the kid and there's all these crazy situations. And I'm going to be totally honest. I've never, ever, ever done it in a summer or warm month. But there have been instances when I would like run into the gas station super quick to go get a soda and leave my child locked in the car. Mm-hmm. And I felt every single time like I was doing it, like I was the worst person walking the planet. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, like I justified it a handful of times. And I can literally say I, di- I did not make a habit of it ever because of the guilt I felt. But I think it's something a lot of people do. A lot of people do. Well, and especially here in Arizona, it gets just super hot in the summers. And like we said, in a lot of places, this is not just, you know, this can happen even if you have 75, 80 degree temperatures. And heaven forbid also, I think is the mistake that it might happen on a babysitter's watch or a grandma's watch. They're not thinking the same way a mom does. And let's be honest too, a mom does have so much to balance. And if you have multiple children, you can see how an accident happens. You can oh. see, I thought you, you know, husband to, to wife miscommunicate. Oh, I thought you got the baby. I thought you got the baby. Like, you know, and an hour has passed. Like, you just never know. Like, know. so it's, it's just kind of opening the dialogue. And as summer approaches, you know, no one's exempt to an accident. So following up on that, anything you said that is the stats. So 70, they call this vehicular heat stroke is what the term is. Okay. 
50% of the times is the child was forgotten by a caregiver meant to drop the child off at daycare or preschool to where either a parent, a nanny, a grandparent, something, maybe they've dropped all the others off and they just inadvertently forget that one or they go on about whatever and they just space and don't yeah. don't drop them off. The other is that they said Thursdays and Fridays, strangely enough, are the highest days that this happens. The end of the work week. Interesting. Interesting, right? And then 75% of the children forgotten who end up passing away are under two years old. Yeah. And I could see that being stuck or trapped in a car right. seat. So we're going to talk a little bit about a couple things to keep on hand or maybe do with your children proactively to help prevent this. So number one is every time you get out of the car, make a mental check of park, look, and lock. So park, get out of the car, get the baby, look in the car, just make a habit of doing a double check and then lock the doors and walk away. That I thought that was like a really good tip and just constantly be asking yourself like we all do anyway, where's the baby? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So the next one that I thought was really interesting, the second leading cause of vehicular heat strokes with children is because children get into unattended vehicles. So keep your doors locked. Even when you're home, when it's parked outside, anything like that, kids can sometimes find their way into the cars that are unlocked. They get trapped in there and the temps can reach, I mean, we know this, up to 110 degrees. And then you don't even know, right? Because you weren't even in the vehicle. Mm-hmm. You think they're off playing quietly, like worst case scenario, right? But keep those doors locked. Oh, and I think a car gets even hotter. I think it gets to like 140 or something. Like, oh, oh, I think- I'm sorry. I didn't finish reading the sentence. It says the temperature inside a car can reach 110 degrees, even when the outside temp is 57 degrees. Oh, in- oh <gasps> interesting. So all you Northern states... Wow. There you go. Double, because here double. when it's 100 degrees, I think it's straight like 150 degrees when you get in a car and then you like, you know, let release that that heat or whatever. But um, OK, for the next one, just a reminder, I know maybe some of us have done it before, but just never leave your child alone in the car, even with the air conditioning running, even locked, even I mean, or heaven forbid not um, just just avoid the whole thing. I yeah. mean, child's temperature can increase increase three to five times faster than an adult's. That's crazy. I know. So we just want to always be so on the caution side. And, you know, I know it's an extra step. It is for all of us just to get them out and put them in the cart and run inside for literally a two second thing. But just do not leave your children alone. Don't do it. And then the last thing to just kind of say on this subject is if you do walk by and you see a child who is alone in a vehicle, number one, just kind of make sure the child is okay and responsive, like tap on the window, maybe get their attention, smile at them. And if not, immediately call 911. And I know that like there's a mom code, maybe you might feel really bad and horrible taking that step or that measure, but you could be saving the child's life and in no harm, like you don't mean to do any harm to the mother ever, but Especially we're saying if the child is unresponsive, call 911. And then if they if the child is okay, I think it's fair to attempt to locate the parent, right? Yeah, absolutely. Or maybe stay there for a second. 
if it's a really hot day or kind of use your judgment, right? Right. Use your judgment. But if the child is not responsive and appears to be in distress, break that window down. Like be the good Samaritan. You don't know what's going on in that situation. But in most states, there are laws that protect you from any harm when you're being a good Samaritan. Absolutely. Yeah. And double check on that, like just so you have the information. But just keep in mind that kids and hot cars are a deadly combo and you just don't want to take any chance. And I think it's worth a discussion too at home with your children. I mean, to just either, I mean, my husband has told the kids as they've gotten into like toddler ages, if they're ever stuck in the car, honk the horn. Even, I mean, if you don't want to show the child how to get out of their car seat, but at least if they, you know, they're strong enough to unclip it. If you're ever in here and you're hot or grandma locks the door or mom or whatever, get out of the car seat, honk the horn. We could maybe make a good habit of cracking the windows right. in the garage or, or, or if you're parking, you know, just cracking the windows down a little bit. Yeah. Have a family safety night of like, let's walk through the car. Where's the unlock button? Yes. What does this do? What is this? Maybe you have child lock on. So crawl to the front seat, unlock like, right. you know, a three-year-old, if they happen to get into the car playing, they're they're capable of knowing if you show them how to get out. Yes. You know, and I, I think um, as well, even a sibling helpful code of just, OK, make sure that all your brothers get out of the back with you or make sure that, oh, let's make sure we always have the baby. So if right. mom doesn't say something, you say something like, you know, and I've even heard of like other measures of you know, maybe sending if you're really forgetful or you're re really fearful or maybe it's your mom or grandma or somebody watching the baby, maybe set a reminder on your phone or and I think there's even dare I say I've heard like some sort of contraption that like can go on the car seat that if it hits a certain temperature, like a little alarm a goes off, product. a yeah. smart product, something next going to your, your phone. phone. <laughs> I mean, there should be right. But right. I mean, Again, you don't think you're like, why would you need all that? Like, just don't forget your baby. How can you forget her? And I agree. Like, it's not that hard. So let's just all like be like open up our brains and like suck this knowledge in and remember this for the summer. This is not that hard. Be accountable for your children. But at the same time, crap happens. And it totally. just does. And, and have just, this discussion yes. with dad, with whoever is caring for your children. And maybe it is definitely dad because dad is not a multitasker like you, not used to all and the he children. he doesn't know all the research. And he doesn't, he doesn't know he all doesn't the He doesn't even realize. He's thinking, oh, she was asleep. So I just left her in the car to sleep for a little bit. Or even a sitter saying that. I just, oh, I let him sleep in the garage for a little bit longer. And it's 112 here. It's like, you just, you, you just have to be careful. That. You yes. can't do it in Arizona. And I know a lot of times young moms can be tempted to not wake the baby when they're in the car seat. But just don't play around with that. Like, do the walk. Get the carrier out of the car. Try your hardest to lay it in a dark, quiet space in the house, you know? Yes. And if baby wakes up, hey, that's okay. It'll At be least okay. they're happy and healthy. And they're you know? safe. That's right. All right. Well, we hope this was really helpful information. And again, just good refreshers that we can all take away and go talk to our friends and talk to our family members about and our sisters Anybody who's caring for that child, maybe this is some good things to just kind of talk about around the dinner table one night. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's close it up like we always do with our hits and misses of the week. What was your hit, Lauren? Well, we have a big hit for the podcast. Oh, are you this going is, there? I'm going to. Oh, oh okay. This let's is go. For, for Sarah and I yeah, and the Mom's Voice podcast. 
we have a really fun and exciting opportunity with um, kind of like an immediate event. Our in first one ever. Our, yes. <laughs> we're really so, so excited. Oh my gosh. We finally. are going to be going to Orlando, Florida here in the next few weeks. And we are being hosted by Universal Studios. And we're going to be doing a really fun kind of post-COVID family travel episode, kind of giving you all the details of Universal and just kind of the safety precautions, you know, airplanes and theme parks and everybody's taking to like make it a get back to traveling and having fun and making some summer plans. I know because I feel like over the past few months, we have seen so many people go to Florida in our personal lives. Florida is the hub. It's like the only place open essentially for families. And so we were like, this is great. The opportunity arose and we're so excited. We're going to give you all the behind the scenes. Like you know how we are. We keep it real. We're going to tell you what it's like. Does it really suck wearing the mask all the time? I know. In that humid Florida weather. Totally. And um, of course, you know, these Disney girls, we don't know Universal Studios (laughs) like that. So I'm really excited. And like I said a few weeks ago, if you caught some hints, we've been reading Harry Potter. We're super excited. We, we may swing over a little dip into the Magic Kingdom. We just, how could we not? Listen to her. How could we not? Listen but, to her. She's like, we may. You know, we're so excited to be working with Universal Studios with this. And so, yeah. and just getting to go to Orlando together, it's going to be just the dream. It's so exciting. Yeah. Finally, all of our efforts here, Lauren, yeah, we might really, be giving us one cool experience. Yeah, we're reaping a little <laughs> benefit. We're really, really excited. No, we are super excited. Well, my hit is equally exciting. No, not really. It's just kind of funny, but I just have to say my dog, Kit, she is just next level in love with me, Lauren. Oh, I know. I was like, where is she going to go with this today? No, it's just funny. It is just funny. Like, I really think she's in love with me. Like we, she has a like love for me. She's a lesbian. She might be. She's a lesbian dog. It cracks me up so much because when I'm holding her or something, I will hear these straight moans. She'll be like, hmm. Or she just thinks you're her mom. Maybe. Maybe Maybe it's a motherly love. Maybe she's just like, mom. Do you know, it's like, it's like when my husband's holding me, I can just kind of let go. I feel that same release when I'm holding kids. Oh, my goodness. "Mm." You know what I'm saying? It's just so funny. I just thought to myself last night as I was kind of mentally prepping, I'm like, she does. She just loves me more than any person on this planet. And I can be happy about that. That could be my hit for the week. Well, hey, especially some of the grief she's given you lately. I I can applaud that. You know, Sarah was the one that told me that dogs have a person. Like you kind of hear that. They always have a person, but they really do like imprint on one person that they connect to the most. They imprint. There was a twilight. There, yeah, they imprint. <laughs> but animals do imprint. Some animals really do. That's like a real Wait, thing. That's a real thing. That's a real thing. Oh my gosh. They really do. They imprint, right? So um I was like absolutely Gus imprinted with George. Like totally. George is Gus is yeah, and they're they're both boys, but they're just best friends and buddies, and he just loves when George is Crazy. home. I I just have not developed that, and I, and if there's only one spot, for sure George took it like <laughs> right away, and that's only fair. <laughs> I love that so much, but Gus loves your kids, yeah, so no, much. no, and he's like good to all of us. Oh, but totally. George and him are definitely they do have a, their a special bond. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty wild. They can be very loyal. They find their person, and they dogs can just be fiercely loyal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, what was your miss of the week? My miss is um, my house, you guys. And I haven't even told you this, Sarah. Uh-oh. Um, no, Fresh I, info. Drop no, it. Well, 
you guys know I've kind of come on and off the the Instagram and maybe some episodes just about, do I paint the break? Do I not? Do I paint the break? Do I not? And you guys, I've been sitting on this. I'm coming into like almost two years because COVID wow. knocked me out for a year. I had like big plans and everything went on hold. I've worked with, uh, you know, Savannah over at Classy Clutter with some ideas. I've talked to Sarah and George till George wants to like rip my <laughs> hair off and scream. He's just like so mad. He's like, you're crazy, Lauren. <laughs> so no, I, so finally, I literally, the painters got back to me literally this morning and they are coming on Monday. <gasps> Monday. Shut up. And I just said, I have to commit. I have to commit. It's like they've given me a spot. Because they've been, everyone's so slammed, right? right? So they're like, we can come Monday. And I'm like, okay, it's Friday. Okay. What are you going to okay. do? Okay. <laughs> so what I've decided to do, and this is where it's kind of the miss. I've just come like full circle. And I know that is so bizarre because I literally have grouted half the side of my house. And I don't, I don't re- regret that because you might've saw that with Savannah. I did that. But anyways, I am not going to paint the brick. I'm not going to really? paint the brick Monday. Okay. I'm painting the rest of the house white. And I'm going to sit there for a second. Okay. And then I'm going to play with the brick a little bit more. And maybe I might continue the white grout. I might paint the brick. But I just, I, I, for some reason, you guys, I just can't bite the bullet. And it's funny because our other friend, Mallory, over in Tennessee, she just painted her big colonial mansion eh, brick that was brick white. And it's stunning. And it's great. And I know it is great. And I know it will be great. But I just... There's something holding me back. I don't know. And I don't know if I will just like regret it. And so I kind of am liking the path I'm on. I'm going to just take it in phases. I'm going to do the rest of it because I know I like this white. I know I want this white. And what I mean by that is the whole side and the whole back of my house is like a paneling, like a siding. Mm -hmm. So that is going white. The brick is only on the front exterior. And that's where I'm just like still toying with. Follow up question. Do you know what white you're going yes, with? Yes. I'm Which doing one? the Benjamin Moore gray mist. Okay. And so I love the white. And I feel so good that I have a white well, I love huge. and trust. Yes. That is because huge. that is huge. The white Massive. game is like next level. There's so many gray hues, you know, oh. bright whites, creamy whites. It's like, it's hard. It's so I really, it's, yes, I feel so good about that. But I just cannot believe I'm just still twirling around with all the same crap a year later. Oh, like that's so funny. So stupid. Uh, but hey. I will let you know. I'll keep you posted if you want to see it. I will. Yeah. I am painting and it's coming Monday. So there you go. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. Okay. Well, my miss of the week is, I don't know, miss of my life, I guess. I just feel so off, Lauren. Off hormonally. She's been hearing me cry about it all week. No. Quite literally. No. <laughs> Ugh. I just do. I just feel, I don't feel crazy. I'm not going to go there. I just feel off. And I don't know another way to say it to my husband, but I just feel like I'm constantly tired. I'm constantly dragging. I'm constantly bloated. I All of it. All of it. I just never feel 100 and this is after I, I got my treadmill, as I told you. I'm doing a mile and a half on my treadmill, trying to daily. I'm trying to watch what I eat. I'm trying to not drink too much soda. Like, it's after I'm making a lot of efforts here. Right. I'm taking the probiotics and right. I'm taking the vitamins. And I just don't feel like I'm running at optimal condition here. And yes. all I can think is it's got to be hormone related. I have no idea. Or it's in the gut. The big mystery that the gut is, right? right? 
But in a weird way, those are kind of connected. And I so I know, I know, I know the gut. I know the gut thing is so tricky <sighs> and so confusing. So you have said you need to do the gut refresh. We had an episode with the gut girl. Yeah, I think I'm going to reach out to her and I'm going to make that happen and I'm going to commit to it. And then I think I'm going there. I think I'm going to go see whatever kind of doctor it is to run all the blood work and take all the tests and tell me what's going on. Am I eating bad? Am I eating the wrong foods? I know I did my gut test with Thrive that we talk about on here, and it gave me so much good information, but it's just overwhelming. It's just too much. And I need a doctor to like really hone in on what I need to do to feel better. So that's my mess. And I'm going to share as my journey progresses. No, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you will. And I, I think that's only fair because I think so many of us, obviously we've talked about it, go through this and it's what weird is that yes. And just to find the culprit. Well, I'm reading about it last night online in bed and I come across something that's called perimenopause. Yeah, again, we talked talk perimenopause, oh, I remember? we did for a quick minute, but I never thought about it again. And then I came across it again last night. And I'm like, F my life if I'm truly going through perimenopause. Tell people what perimenopause is. Perimenopause is premenopause, pretty pre, much. Pre-menopause. Pre, 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 <laughs> what is it? Pen- oh my gosh. What the is peri. perimenopause? I can't talk yes. all of a sudden. Yeah. And it starts mid thirties on some women. And could I be one of those people? I die. Oh my gosh. I absolutely hope not. But Ugh. let's like, you know, we're going to do the work and we're going to figure it out. We are. We are. I love how you're putting yourself in the boat. Well, yes, <laughs> I, I'm right there with you. And I, I want you to feel your best and I want you to feel better because it's hard to do this all when you're, you know, half- well, there's just nothing more maddening to me when you're making all the effort, right. when you're trying to eat right and you're trying to work out and you're trying to drink more water and you're trying to take all the probiotics to get nothing right. to like still feel crappy still feel bloated, still keeping the weight, like all the stuff. There's just nothing more maddening to me. Oh, you're banging your head against the wall. You are. Absolutely. You're working against chemistry at this point. And so it's just like, I'm, I'm on a mission, you guys, and I'm going to figure it out. I am. I know. More there, to come. There we are. And, you know, George got his Thrive results back just the other day. Oh, and good. so I've, I haven't even had a minute to sit down with him. He has been so busy. So we're going to sit down and break it down and I'll report back. Yeah, but, totally. um. I, I was, I'm really excited to just like dive into his gut test. Uh, and we don't know what we're talking yeah, about we're, there. Yes, we're referring to the Thrive at home gut test that you can take and you yeah. can find that at Shop the Show. Yeah. They are one of the show sponsors and, and not because like we, you know, we truly have these gut issues yeah, and, do. and after sitting down with the gut girl and really, and even now Carlin, just seeing all these kind of external factors that help the internal, you know, it's just things to think it's about. It's super interesting. And this test... Again, it's it. You take they send you this really cool kit. You take like a fecal swab. You put it in this test tube, essentially mail it back, and then they send you this really detailed website, essentially customized for you of what's in your what's made what your gut microbiome looks like. Yeah, Is there that you a fair go. Way to that's say right. It? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, you can go to themomvoice.com, click shop the show, and get the information there if you want to do it too. All right. Well, with that, girlfriend, oh, anything else? Yeah. No, that that will do it today. Oh, I'm tired. There was a lot of thinking in this episode. Yeah, I know. Lots of lots of information. Lots of information. But we really hope it was helpful to you. And we hope you'll come back. And if you enjoy what you heard today, 
please think about going and leaving us a quick rating and a review. Five stars only, please. (laughs) All right. And then you can also find us on Instagram, TikTok, all the socials at what? The Mom Voice Podcast. The Mom Voice Podcast. We are there, guys. All right. Well, with that, anything else, Lauren? Well, ladies, we are on the verge of getting some more merch for the summer and possibly getting some t-shirts out. We love the feedback on our jerseys and that was so fun, but we're going to table those till the fall again. Totally. So we'll bring those back in the fall when it cools down, but we're going to get some fun t-shirts out if you're interested. So fun. So stay tuned for that. All right. Well, we will talk to you next week or maybe midweek. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to do a mini. See you soon. Be subscribed. All right. Talk to you soon. Take care of each other. Bye-bye. We want to talk to you about PowerCore Plus Pilates. This is our new workout regimen that we've been doing since the beginning of the year, and we absolutely 